Another week and yet another conference. This time around, it's Lean Agile Brighton 2023. And me, your host, Ben Maynard, is going to be interviewing some of their best speakers to get their talks in 10. What can you expect from this conference? Hot topics that relate to the challenges of modern agility. How leadership needs to change and how we need to fund products, not projects perhaps. So sit tight, it's going to be almost like you're there with us. Today's episode of the Product Agility Podcast comes with a special gift in association with Aha Slides, your go-to engagement tool for fun, engaging and effective learning and workshop experiences. Whether I am teaching the criticality of a clear and compelling product vision or facilitating a product strategy workshop, Aha Slides always makes it a more elevating and effective experience through its polls, quizzes and brainstorming tools. Discover how Aha Slides can elevate both your in-person or remote experiences by visiting Aha Slides and use the code AHAXPROD, which is also in the show notes, for a whopping 50% off of an annual subscription. Episode 2 at Lean Agile Brighton 2023. I find myself standing near... Not toilets? This toilet. I'm standing near the toilet. I'm standing near the toilet because it's lunchtime. It's very noisy. And I really want you all to get a nice, clear... Listen to Julie Starling, whose talk, who's talk today is about using data to ignite action. Welcome to the podcast, Julie. Thank you very much for asking me. So your talk is later on this afternoon, so we're doing this talk in ten before the actual talk itself. Could you give our listeners an overview of what it is you're going to be telling people today? Yeah, so what I'm really passionate about is using data in a way that we can have action block conversations and actually use that to do some good so rather than march into certain plans and then finding out we're late too late to do anything about it using data and signals to have those conversations as clearly as possible avoid that illusion of certainty and it's a bit of a case study of how we've done this over the past five years so there's some like real examples in there of how that's worked for us awesome so this is about being able to understand how you're progressing on on a plan to deliver something. I'm talking about it in really vague terms. I don't want to assume anything. Could you give us a, like, a bit more, a bit of colour, I suppose, yeah. a bit more of a detail? Yeah, so uh, we're a financial institution as well. So that means sometimes we are bound by dates. There's, when you're regulated, you don't always get a choice. We have a bunch of product-based work as well. But it's about taking a more probabilistic approach rather than deterministic to those situations. Like with the weather, we accept, like with weather forecasts, that you never really know what it's going to be like in seven days because you get more information along the way and updates as you go. And software delivery is exactly the same. We get more information along the way and we really should be looking at that data rather than trying to march to a plan. So yeah, it's really about that in a nutshell and how we've done it in different ways as well. So like we've done it to sort of regulate your dates as well as like more product-based information as well. So showing that it can work for anyone. We're like a 160-year-old building society as well, so it's not this uh, whole new startup thing. It's, it can work for people who've been around for a long time too. So. Yes, they're not far off uh, Dan North's agent. He called <laughs> this morning. Are you allowed to say which organisation this is? Yeah, yeah, so it's Press Party Building Society, so it's a predominantly Welsh building society. If you follow rugby, you might know it because we sponsor the stadium in Cardiff, so uh, people might recognise the name from that. I think I recognise the name because way back when I worked for the Royal Bank of Scotland, I believe that we approached you for our a particular programme, a particular offering that we had around derivatives clearing. 
in oh. Leopold Frank, but that's boring everyone now. I've lost <laughs> half the listeners. Now you said this is for the software. Uh, said for the software delivery, but also and the product piece of it as well. When you said the product. So what did you mean? Yeah, so sorry, I probably meant um, there's different ways you can be delivering. So it could be like a regulatory piece that we absolutely have to do, or it could be about improving our product, and these are things that our customers want. Um, not that our customers don't want us to be regulated, but the features they will make their lives easier and uh, the features that they want. So it can be more in that, like we're making the product better space, but also we need to stay to these regulatory dates and deadlines and all the boring stuff like reporting and all the stuff we have to do. Okay, so uh, bear with me in this question. Hopefully, this is going to make sense. How long ago did you start this journey? So, this specific journey about progress, the metrics, and all that type of thing, probably about five or six years ago, we started it um, really that big flip to this is how we're going to do it. Um, and it is a journey, it's not something that happens overnight. And one of the things we talk about as well is how actually that can change over the years as well. So, we all know what it's like in organisations, you get a few senior people change and sometimes it can take you back a couple of steps because people aren't used to this way of working, so it's re-educating. So as the people move and change around you and the organisation changes around you, you have to keep continuously educating as well as continuously forecasting. So on that six-year journey, this is where I was going to ask you to think back with the previous you, yeah. before you'd even kind of gone on this journey and achieved what you've achieved. If you were to go back and give your previous self a bit of a nudge and, a, and say, in the next year, on this next six-year journey, you're going to experience this. What would be the most surprising thing for you to tell your previous self? Um, the thing that I think people find so surprising, and myself included, is how well it works. So if you're a little bit skeptical and you're still trying to like use certainty alongside it, it doesn't work. If you lean in, it's so good. We have so many great conversations off the back of it. So um, we always talk about, you know, once a project's late, adding more people doesn't do anything. But this enables us to capture that information so much earlier. So actually we do get those options. We do get, okay, something's changed in the future. What are our options to deal with it? Not, oh dear, we're too late. <laughs> What can we do about that? And very rarely can you do anything apart from cut quality. There's a lot of sort of bad behaviours on grouping. And you might hit the date, but you'll burn out your people and you'll have rubbish quality. So this is about bringing those conversations earlier, which is really uncomfortable for people. <laughs> but bringing them earlier and you get better out. Is there some level of coaching then or support in helping those mindsets shift? Because what you're saying, for those people that haven't looked at probabilistic versus deterministic, I'm assuming it's something along the lines of Monte Carlo simulations, which we can Google and find out, and I'll do what I can to find a link to your profile on LinkedIn in the description, so if you have questions, I'll come and ask you. But this is hard for people to get their heads around, right? People love to certainty, but don't want to go to the the effort of kind of collecting the data, calculating the data, building up that data set and changing their mindsets and their behaviours and shifting the organisation. So we're probably getting towards the end of our time. But if you are, if you want to kind of leave people with a bit of an idea about how do you get that mindset change happening, that cultural shift to make this a success, what advice would you give them? Yeah, so actually you need surprisingly little to get started. So that's always where I start with how little you need. And actually the... We're not getting rid of any certainty. You never have that anyway. So all these things that are happening in the background, they happen anyway. So now you know about it. So it's always worth, I think, um, like Shelby and Dan this morning were talking about having that champion in your 
company. So for me, my manager is absolutely great. He's totally on board with this. And then they can open doors for people to speak to people like us out there. So if you can get a champion that can open those doors to people who have wider influence, that's great. And also, one thing I do advise people who aren't getting that traction is look at your past data run a simulation over time with something that happened in the past and didn't go that well and see if it showed you warning signals because then you can go if we'd have been doing this on this project feature whatever you're talking about here were the signals that we missed so going forward this gives us an opportunity to look at them and find them so actual last question now <laughs> what has it, impact has this had on your business um, so when we first started doing this, it was in the middle of a huge program that was already late. We, someone had promised we were going to get something done in 12 months. We were 18 months in, it wasn't happening. And this shift just changed the whole um, style of the conversation. Instead of being late, we could be like, well, we've got this much chance of getting stuff by this date. What do you want? And it really forces ruthless prioritisation and it lets us to have better conversations. And I would definitely say conversations is the thing that's going to make that ability to actually take action. So we have a lot of uncomfortable conversations and people still aren't always comfortable with it. But actually, we always hold up a mirror and go, but actually, if we didn't know about this, we would find out much later. Um, so yeah, it's really that ability to take action really is possible. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking this time with me. And sharing your insights and your wisdom with our listeners. If people want to find out, and I keep asking these questions, it's a stupid question. Okay. So I was going to say, if people want to find out more about you, what's the best way, the best way for them to find out more about you? And everyone then says, oh, have a look on LinkedIn. Other than LinkedIn, is there anywhere else that people can find you? <laughs> yeah, so LinkedIn is probably the best place. I have... Uh recently started up a website as well so I'm starting to blog some ideas and stuff on there so it's just juliestarling.co.uk so it's really new and raw at the moment but yeah I will be blogging my thoughts on there as well if you're interested brilliant everyone go and check out the blog juliestarling.co.uk brilliant head to that website now thank you very much Julie and thank you everyone for listening and we'll be back again very soon thank you <laughs>